This morning's scripture reading is Proverbs 6, 1 through 5, and 12 through 19. My child, if you have put up security for a friend's debt or agreed to guarantee the debt of a stranger, if you have trapped yourself by your agreement and you are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself. For you have placed yourself at your friend's mercy. Now swallow your pride. Go and beg to have your name erased. Don't put it off. Do it now. Do not rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. And 12. What are worthless and wicked people like? They are constant liars, signaling their deceit with a wink of the eye, a nudge of the foot, or the wiggle of a finger, and their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. But they will be destroyed suddenly, broken in an instant beyond all hope of healing. There are six things the Lord hates, no seven things he detests, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. In my reading this morning, I read what probably is to you a very familiar passage of Scripture where Jesus went to the land of the Gadarenes, and he found there a man who lived among the tombs who, had, who tore himself with, with rocks, just like somebody, you know, one of the problems we have today is people who are so hurt and struggle so much with their past that they cut themselves. This man was self-destructive. Nobody could go around him because he would chase them away. He would beat them up. He, he would scream. People would try to contain him. He would rip everything that they used to try to tie him up. He was indeed a toxic person. Nobody wanted to be around him, and you could not be around him without suffering injury. Jesus showed up, and Jesus cast the demons out of the man so that the man fell before him in faith and belief, a changed individual. By the way, if you find yourself in a self-destructive mode, if you find yourself in toxic relationships and you're the one that's toxic, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus can change your life. Come to Jesus. And he had that come to Jesus moment. And it was never the same again. And then the people of the village showed up. And one of the minor incidents was that when Jesus cast out the demons, he cast them into the herd of pigs, which then, self-destructive evil, ran down the cliff into the lake and drowned. When the people heard about the demoniac, 
that had been cured, they came out to see what was going on. The problem was they were more concerned about the pigs than they were about the man whose life was changed. And I've never really understood their reaction. They asked Jesus to leave their land. Can you imagine? He's just healed the unhealable, cured the uncurable, changed the life of a toxic, demon-possessed individual, and they asked Jesus to leave. You know what's even more shocking? Jesus turned and left. Now, who was more toxic? The demon-possessed man who turned to Jesus and his life was changed? Or the people of the city who came out and told Jesus to leave? But the lesson for us is in the fact that Jesus did what they said. He allowed them to reject him, and he turned and walked away. That's how you deal with toxic people. Now, we've been talking for the past three Sundays. This is the final sermon, the final message of four. We, we've talked about how to deal with difficult people. We talked about criticism, and I've had a lot of you come and say, that that message impacted you. Thank you for the positive feedback. I appreciate that. If you missed that message and the following one on, on opposition and the following one on anger, how to deal with angry people, all three of those messages and this one will be on our website and you can watch the messages there. But besides criticism, opposition, anger. We also have to deal sometimes with toxicity. The word toxic means poison. Let's avoid toxicity. By the way, I need to make this clear from the very beginning. It's called let's avoid toxicity instead of let's avoid toxic people because we might be the one that's toxic. And we might allow toxic people to make us toxic. If we're not careful when we deal with toxicity, toxicity is contagious. I'm going to talk about that later. But we need to avoid toxicity even if it's in our heart and our life. Toxic means poison. You, you take medication or you spray with something. Um, I, I was going to look and see if Don was here this morning. He and I love to spray weeds, right? And it's toxic. It's poison. Now listen, most every one of us at some point in our life are going to deal with difficult people. The challenge is to make sure we're not the difficult people. But every one of us, if we'll be honest, every one of us at some point are difficult to deal with, and no husband dared to say amen with his wife sitting beside him. All of us deal with difficult people at some point or another, 
And the truth is, we're all difficult ourselves at some time. But listen, there's a few, and I started to capitalize that word, there's a few people who are absolutely toxic. Now listen, don't get the idea that everybody around you is toxic. Uh, I'm going to talk about we need to avoid toxic people, and we need to make sure that we're not toxic. So how do you identify toxicity? And I guess, Charles, I, I got this. We used to always in theology and doctrine, we talked about what something's not. You know, you can identify what something is by talking about what it's not. Because somebody disagrees with you, does not mean they're toxic. One of the weaknesses of the age in which we live is that people are no longer able to agree to disagree. If you disagree with somebody of a certain leaning, in our age, all of a sudden, you're ignorant, you're uninformed, and you're probably toxic. Listen, disagreement is not toxicity. If it is, there's not a marriage in here that will last. You giggled, but nobody shouted amen. Didn't dare. Disappointment is not toxicity. Just because someone disagrees with you and so, just because someone disappoints you with what they say, with what they believe, with how they act, that does not make them poison. That does not mean that they are toxic. Be careful about overuse of the term toxic. Some people label everybody that disagrees with them and everybody who's different from them as toxic. Diversity is not toxic. We are all different. I've told you before, someone told me one time, I don't know where he got this. He wasn't smart enough to come up with it himself. He had to be quoting somebody else. But he said, if two of us agree on everything, one of us is redundant. We're all different in some way or another. Some of us are better looking than... No, I, I'm not going to go there. Disagreement, disappointment, and diversity is not toxic. Because toxic means poison. And there are a few people. There may not be a single toxic person in your family. But there probably is if you look long enough and far enough. There's probably not a single toxic person in the room today. They are that rare. But I tell you this, if there's a toxic member of your family and they're really toxic, you know who they are. Still nobody said amen. Prayed to. If there's a toxic person in our church, I guarantee you, you will know who they are. You don't have to wonder because toxic means poison. So what is toxicity? Whether it's you, me, or the other guy, what does toxicity look like? What is it? Number one, toxicity is evil. It's absolutely evil. Their perverted heart, according to Proverbs chapter 6, 
their perverted hearts plot evil. It says later in, verses six, uh, in verse 16, there are six things that the Lord hates. No, seven things that He detests or despises. Listen, the Lord hates evil. And there's a list, and we'll go through that list in a minute. But toxicity is absolutely evil. Just like the man, the maniac of Gadara, it is evil. And toxic people exhibit the, the traits listed in verses 16 through 19. First of all, of arrogance. He says, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent. Haughty eyes. Listen, pride, arrogance, and narcissism. Can you spell that, by the way? Narcissism means it's all about me. Everything is about me. It's never about you. It's never about anybody else. It's always about me. Pride is the sin of idolatry, according to the Bible. And so is arrogance. That's why God hates the haughty eyes, the haughty look. It is idolatry. And 1 John 5, 21 says, Little children, keep yourselves away from idols. Avoid idolatry. Of all the sins of the Bible, idolatry is one of the most common that is mentioned that God hates. Listen, you need to understand this. Every addict, no matter what he or she is addicted to, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, shopping, chocolate, any addiction is idolatry because you're putting your own selfish wants before God. And God hates idolatry. Idolatry will always lead you to toxicity. And we need to avoid toxicity. Deception, a lying tongue. A toxic person does not know how to tell the truth. Even in a partial truth, there is a lie hidden somewhere. If he tells the truth, he will cover a lie with it, and the lie is his motive in saying the truth, because there's another untruth coming. Toxic people want to control the situation, and they want to control people, and they will lie to do it. I've met people who were professional liars. And you just have to understand, you can't take what they're going to say at face value. And they are toxic because it's all about them. Deception. Murder. Haughty eyes, having a lying tongue. Hands that kill the innocent. Listen, if you've ever really dealt with a toxic person, you know that they always blame you. They will kill your relationship. They will kill your joy. In fact, I talked about Jesus walking away. 
The first time I taught a lesson on how to deal with toxic people, I struggled to, to make sense and flow of the lesson. I just had a lot of scriptures, and there are a ton of scriptures in the Bible dealing with toxic, toxicity and toxic people. But I, I came up, I, I saw a reference to a book, and it is When to Walk Away by Gary Thomas. And I read the book, and I was blown away. And Gary Thomas usually writes about marriage, but he said that he found in dealing with people he needed to write a book on toxicity. And he said, the thing that I found unusual is that there are more quotes of Scripture in this book than any of the books that I wrote about marriage or any other subject. So I recommend if you struggle with toxic people or toxicity yourself, buy the book. How do you set up boundaries with toxic people? Buy the book, When to Walk Away. Here's a quote from the book. Toxic people murder. They murder relationships, turning people against each other. They murder churches, turning meeting times into gigantic fights instead of worship and service. They murder workplaces, destroying productivity. They murder reputations. They will seem to kill your joy and peace and even threaten your sanity. They're murderers. You know, you don't have to kill somebody physically to be a murderer. You can kill their joy. You can kill them emotionally and you can kill them mentally. And toxic people commit murder. They also are known for manipulation, a heart that plots evil. Now, I'm not one to jump on conspiracy theories. I'm doubtful of most conspiracy theories that I've heard, but when, when you run into a toxic person, you better understand their motives are not pure. The things they do are a sham. You think you can trust them. They pat you on the back. And somebody has well said, be careful when a toxic person pats you on the back. They're looking for a soft spot in which to put the knife. They plot evil. Is this common in the world? No. But you better admit and be ready to admit that toxic people are out there. And once again, we better make sure it's not us. Toxic people aggressively con control others or passive-aggressively manipulate them. Not every controller is an aggressive controller. Some people pour false guilt on you and manipulate you through the guilt that they pour all over you in order to get you to do what they want you to do. See, it's all about them. They want to be in control. They don't want you to do what they don't want you to do. And they will manipulate you. Toxic people generally are controllers. Not only that, but there are the authors of evil competition. Feet that race to do wrong. A race is competition. 
toxic people are competitive. Some of us are borderline competitive, and we need to be careful about that. Listen, competition's great on the basketball court, on the soccer field, and I love the competition in rugby. By the way, rugby's real man's football. But competition has no place in the kingdom of God. Do I need to say that again? Competition has no place in the kingdom of God. We're not in competition with the church down the street. We're not in competition from one Sunday school class to another. I am thrilled with the growth in our home builders class. Praise God. Would that all of our classes would grow like that. There's, there's no competition between our classes. If you start telling me, well, our class is so large that it just about controls the church, that's not a good testimony for you or your class. That is toxicity. And it'll come back to bite you. Be careful. There is no competition in God's work. They are guilty of slander, a false witness who pours out lies and conflict, a person who sows discord in a family, in our family. There's instruction in the Word of God that if there's a toxic member in our church, we are to get rid of them. Ooh, really? Absolutely. Mark those that cause divisions among you and have nothing to do with them. Remove them from the fellowship. In fact, the Bible says, cast out the, mar the mocker and all debate ceases. You want peace in the church? Mark toxic people, turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that their soul may be saved. Now, I'll warn you ahead of time, we're going to talk about the fact that toxic people are not good at repentance. And if they will not repent, they are indeed toxic and they do not need to be in our church. Toxicity is evil. Not only that, but toxicity is a trap. He says, if you've trapped yourself by your agreement and are caught by what you said, follow my advice and save yourself. Now, I need to go back and preach a sermon within a sermon, so hang on just a minute. The context of this passage is that you have been a cosigner You've guaranteed the performance of somebody else, even a stranger. You never take responsibility for somebody else's decisions. You never take responsibility for decisions over which you have no control. If you guarantee somebody's loan, you're guaranteeing that they'll be faithful and they will repay it. And if they don't, guess who's going to? Now listen, that's not just a financial principle. That is a principle in relationships. You never take responsibility for other people's decisions. 
If you bail out your children into adulthood, you will bail them out for the rest of your life. Somewhere along the way, you've got to stop taking responsibility for their bad decisions. You did your best to raise them. Now it's their turn, and you cannot guarantee or take responsibility for what they do. And it says, even of a stranger, listen, if you're guaranteeing what a stranger's going to do, whether he will be, she or she will be faithful or not, you have been trapped, and you better get out of it. What, whatever it takes to get out of that toxic relationship, you've got to set yourself free. You've been trapped. Toxicity is a trap. It's a trap because it results in a hard heart. He says, their perverted hearts plot evil, and they constantly stir up trouble. Toxicity comes from a hard heart, and it just gets worse. And here's the danger. If you're dealing with a toxic person, and they've got an evil heart, you know what's probably going to happen with your heart? You become resentful. You become so disappointed that you lose hope. You find it hard to repent. And your heart is hardened against God. Toxicity results in a hard heart. If you employ normal methods of resolving conflict, this again is a quote from Gary Thomas and When to Walk Away. Yeah, I recommend the book. If you employ normal methods of resolving conflict with a toxic person, those methods won't work. Toxic people don't respond to empathy and they're not afraid of shame. They have different motivations and different fears than average people. I'll go a step further. If you show empathy to a toxic person, you are the one who's going to be suffering from shame. They will make you ashamed because they don't know how to repent. And they have no shame. If you've ever dealt with a toxic person, you know that I'm right. This is biblical. Not only is toxicity a trap because of the things I've shared, it also produces false guilt. When you don't kneel down to their wishes and their controlling, whether it's aggressive or passive aggressive, they're going to pour guilt all over you. Well, you just don't care about me. Uh, here's the biggie. You're supposed to be Christian. You are such a hypocrite. How many of you have had that said to you? Come on, be honest. That's manipulation. Most of the time, the people who say that have no knowledge at all of what Christianity is like. But they know that that hurts you, and so they say it. You're supposed to be a Christian. You're such a hypocrite. False guilt. Don't let them lay that rap on you. And that's the trap 
It's a way to trap you into doing what they want you to do because they're narcissistic. Toxic people who know no shame will always make you the guilty party. They work on your empathy and good nature to trap you in false guilt. By the way, that's a quote from Lynn, not from Gary Thomas. Free yourself. Set yourself free from false guilt. Listen, there's enough guilt to go around for the things of which we should be guilty. Don't let people pour false guilt on you. Free yourself. You're not responsible for their toxicity. The other danger trap with toxicity is distraction. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. Listen, God has a purpose for you. By the way, do you know that? God has a purpose for you and His kingdom. He's gifted you in the ways that He has so that you can use those gifts and your ability for His glory. And I will tell you, I will guarantee you that a toxic person will draw you away from what God has for you to do because it's all about them. Seek, pursue, chase your relationship with God. Pursue it. Pursue the kingdom of God without distraction from the book. Here's a warning. We Christians often feel guilty for getting worn out with someone, assuming we're just being selfish. But getting worn out handling toxicity makes us weaker and more distracted in our call to fulfill God's mission for our lives. Don't be distracted. Number three, toxicity is contagious. Proverbs says, Do not make friends with a hot-tempered person. Do not associate with one easily angered. Get this, or you may learn their ways and get yourself ensnared. Toxicity is contagious. We talked about in anger that when when anger escalates, the argument just gets worse and worse. And believe me, toxic people love to debate. They live for it. They live for conflict. And it's catching. Toxic people will make you toxic. Don't be fooled by those who say such things, for bad company corrupts good character. You become who you hang out with. Kids, teenagers, young people, you hear me? You become who you hang out with. You wondered why your parents don't want you to hang out with that bad kid down the street? It's not that we don't want to see him saved or we don't want to see him in church. It's because you become who you hang out with. Be careful. Bad companions spoil good character. Toxic people will draw you in to their arguments. I said last week, 13 times in 1st and 2nd Timothy, Paul tells Timothy not to debate. Don't get in arguments. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge 
Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. Don't debate. Don't argue. Number four, and I'm done. God hates toxicity. You say, how do you know that? Because it says so in the Bible. There are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things He detests or despises. And then there's a list of them. And we've already gone through that list. I'm not going to preach it again. Put a smile on your face. I'm not going to go through that section again. Thank you, Carter. Free yourself. What do you do? Free yourself. Don't put it off. Do it now. Don't rest until you do. Save yourself like a gazelle escaping from a hunter, like a bird fleeing from a net. That's verses 4 and 5 of the passage that John read for us this morning. Set yourself free. You've become controlled by someone. You've taken responsibility for their toxicity. You're trapped. Free yourself. Do whatever it takes to get out of that situation. You may have to put up such strong boundaries that you just cannot deal with them. I'd like to spend some time talking about what you do when it's a workplace and you have to work with them. The only thing I can say is you demand that they treat you with, you treat them with respect and you demand that they treat you with respect. I don't have time. Read the book. But let me tell you that Proverbs is the textbook of boundaries. You want to understand how to have boundaries? Read the book of Proverbs. It's the textbook. So what do you do? Pursue God's kingdom. And the things that you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. What's the Great Commission? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. You're a discipler. You know that? You're supposed to be winning people to Christ and making them followers of Jesus. In doing that, you have to find people who are willing to repent and believe. You have to be able to invest in reliable people. Here's what the author of the book says. In all his years of ministry, he has found that when he is dealing with a toxic person, he is wasting his time. That's sad. But it's true. Don't waste your time on toxic people. Choose people who are a good investment and pour into them. Let's avoid toxicity. Listen, I need to ask you in finishing the message, what's God's purpose for your life? Have you figured that out yet? I can tell you that He wants you to be saved. If you've never trusted Christ, He wants you to be saved. He wants you to follow Him and to serve Him. He wants you to be involved in one of His churches. 
I said there's no competition. If it's not this church, then find a church that it is God's will for you to be in. On the other hand, you're sitting here this morning, I suspect, because you really think this is where you belong. In which case, we would welcome you. But you need to be in church. You need to be serving God. Find God's purpose and then pursue it with all your might. And do not let anyone stand in your way to keep you from doing what God wants you to do. By the way, and don't keep anyone else from doing what God wants them to do. Let's avoid toxicity. Whether it's them or us, let's avoid toxicity. I want us to stand together this morning. I don't know in all of these series and all these sermons on how to deal with difficult people, what God might do in your life with this. I just pray that it's been edifying to you and glorifying to God. But if God has brought you to a decision in your life of what you need to do for Him, whether it's preaching the gospel, getting baptized, coming for salvation, coming for membership, or just to rededicate your life to Him, Whatever God is speaking to your heart, we save this time of our service. Call it an invitation. And it is an invitation for you to come and say, this is what God wants me to do.